Welcome back to Season 2 of the Aware Podcast. In this global podcast, Nikki and Sarah, your hosts, chat to inspirational guests who have all had a breakthrough moment in either life, leadership or business. We share our adventures as we talk through the moments, courage, laughter and insight. A big thank you to all our listeners and we hope that you're going to enjoy Season 2 as much as you did Season 1. Don't forget rate, review, subscribe and share to keep us moving forward. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, welcome to the Aware Group and to our long-awaited podcast with our amazing guest, um, Jeremy Britton. And we are so excited to have Jeremy joining us today um, and share uh, some of his moments, those aha moments in life where um, it sneaks up on us and suddenly it all comes together. Um, and we really just want to share a bit about your story. We'll try not to ask too many tricky questions and we'll try and keep Sarah out of playing her psychologist <laughs> role. Can't guarantee it. And, um, yeah, so... Yeah, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Our pleasure. So we're going to start right off the bat with the um, Flick Your Rich Switch, which I love. It's a bit of a tongue twister, but um, we wanted to know what was the switch that was flicked for you that allowed you success? And, and also, um, when we talk about rich, was it rich financially, rich within yourself, or rich as giving back, or was it all three? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if you look up rich in the dictionary, it's not just about money. And same with wealth. You know, people say they want to be wealthy, but you can have a, a health is your wealth, and you can have a wealth of friendships, and you can have a rich social life and that sort of stuff. So for me, it was about all three. Um, in my early life, I was just like, oh, I need more money, need more money, You've got to have the flash cars and the flash toys and that sort of stuff. And you end up working so much that you've got no time for friends or family. And yeah. you can even, even have bad health. I, I had bad health myself. Right. So I, as I said, I had a few aha moments. 
Mm. Um, and, you know, from, from working too many hours, I got overstressed and overtaxed in my body. And, you know, if I, I made a lot of money that year, but when I was lying on the doctor's table and they said, hey, look, you've had a heart attack at the age of 33. Wow. Um, That's like, true. My kids were like, one of my kids wasn't even in primary school. I was, I was pretty young to have a heart attack at 33. Um, so that was a wake up moment to say, you know, maybe life is about more than just accumulating money and having health and having relationships was much more important because obviously after a heart attack, I couldn't go to work. Mm. And it was very expensive to take time off work. It's very expensive to pay for the specialists and things like that. It's so the world yeah, ha- having that you balance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I needed to, to discover that balance and have, have wealth in all areas. Yeah. I suppose the, the, the switch that was flipped, was that the realisation that driving at that pace, and I think, um, you know, looking on social media, Instagram particularly, I'm really concerned about the, you know, six-figure crew that are uh, driving, <laughs> driving, driving for this I mean, magical six figures. I wish I could tell them, look, everyone's nearly earning six figures in business these days. It's that drive for money rather than drive for experience or um, acknowledgement, knowledge, learning. What made you, other than a heart attack, because a lot of people do have your experience, something hits them, knocks them, but then they just reboot to the same brand. You know, Mm. they just become the same person. Yeah. So how did you stop yourself? How did you then go, okay, yep, okay, I've got to listen to my body, but I also need to make some changes in my life? Yeah, I think the, 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 the two realisations kind of linked together. Um, obviously, you know, taking, taking a few months off work mm. and sitting back and saying, you know, I need to do things differently because the doctor did say to me at the time, you know, like you're a young bloke to have a heart attack. Mm. Um, if you don't change something in your life, you will have a second one because he sees obviously a lot of heart patients and he said usually yeah. you have a second heart attack within 12 months. And the next one could be fatal. So you need to change something in your life. I said, what do I change? What do I change? And he said, I can't advise you on that, but you need to change something. And I was like, okay, what can I change? Well, I drink a lot of coffee to get me through my day. I was on six or 10 cups of coffee. So I quit coffee. Yeah, I, I quit coffee cold turkey. Um, I was drinking alcohol to get me to sleep at night because I'd have you know, a 16 hour day and my mind was always racing. So I'd have you know, a couple of shots of bourbon to get me to sleep. So I quit alcohol, quit coffee, quit smoking. Um, and I wasn't a health expert by any means, so I became vegetarian as well. Ah. Um, and then I looked at my work and went, okay, working 76 hours a week is not sustainable. Yeah. And I was making good money, but I figured I want to spend as much time as I can with my kids that were in primary school. And, you know, if I'm dead in 12 months' time, at least I spent a lot of time with my kids and showed them a good role model because perhaps I picked up some bad habits from my parents about working around the clock. Yeah. Um, so what I decided to do is I actually got rid of that business, moved to a new town where I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I started a new business. And I said, I'm only going to work between nine and three, Monday to Thursday, and I'm going to take Fridays off because my kids went to school nine till three. Yep. So I figured I'll work while they're at school. And it just so happened it worked out to be 24 hours a week, like working six hours a day, four days a week. Um, and so, okay, okay, this is 24 hours. It's, it's kind of nice. And 24 hours a week, 24 hours in a day. And I decided I was going to do that, cut back from 76 hours to 24. And I figured that my income was going to be slashed by about two thirds. Yeah. That's the math I did in my head. But I sold my seven bedroom house in the big city, moved to a little beach shack, you know, downsized my life and prepared myself to just live a normal kind of life, working part time 
But the funny thing is my income only went down by about 10%. Wow. Like I cut my working hours by 60%. My that income says a lot of, yeah. That's yeah. a lot that of time. What were you doing? <laughs> it, it's, uh, they always talk about the, the 80-20 rule, like yeah. how 20% of the stuff brings you 80% of the results. Mm. And you hear that statistic, but until you actually force yourself into the box and you force yourself to mm. try and work a, a six-hour day rather than working a 16-hour day, mm. um, you don't know. And you have to become very, very efficient. You know, so you don't stop for a long lunch break. You don't have chats on the phone and things like that. You sort of yeah. cram your work out in, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I've got the other 18 hours is, is free for me to socialise and do other things. So mm-hmm. I'll get very quick. Um, and also outsourcing and delegating things and that's, yeah. that sort of stuff. So, yes, you can hire an assistant when you've got someone sitting next to you, um, but you can also outsource to overseas. Mm-hmm. And this was before that Tim Ferriss wrote four-hour work week. Yeah. So I, I sort of noticed that every time I ring up the phone company or the bank, I was being put over overseas and, and talking to someone overseas. So I thought, well, I'm connected to the internet. I'm connected to the world. I wonder if I can hire someone in the Philippines or in Indonesia or in Africa or in India who is happy to work for five dollars an hour. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't support paying two full time wages. Yeah. You know, on, on what I was assuming was going to be my smaller business. Yeah. And some of these guys are really really efficient. So I've got someone who answers the phone for me and takes messages for me and they cost me about 10 or $20 a week. Mm, So it doesn't interrupt my work. I've got someone else who answers all my emails and social media and all that sort of stuff that requires a login and she costs me about $20 a week. Mm. Um, And that's a great wage in their country and obviously frees up my time so I can just focus exactly on the client that I'm being with at the time and don't get distracted. But I think you you absolutely hit the nail on the head. You know, I know that in... um, you know, my business, I viewed um, a guy in the Philippines for years to do websites, create, you know, he did so much work, you know, even putting a wear together. We had someone in the Philippines, we had someone in Canada, we had someone in Texas. Rusty in Texas. Rusty in Texas, because it was all about the fact that, as you can see, technology is not our thing, um, in that how it's not about necessarily working longer and longer hours it's let's play Mm. to our strengths Mm. you know there there are cost effective ways to do things but also it's more it's more value on being able to pick your kids up from school and hang out with them and go and play sport with them and do all those sorts of things if you wanted you know what's the point in creating wealth if you're not here to enjoy it you know experiences that last yeah, I'm wondering with, with having a heart attack, it's a sense of losing control over your body. And mm. the businessman previous to that seemed to be over controlling everything, like doing everything. Mm. Was yes. there, whereas there a moment of I completely lost control in my life and that allowed me then to delegate out. I, I realised I didn't need to hold it. Um, I think like s- stopping what I was doing and then starting again, right. um, starting again from a fresh space because I had a few months where I wasn't supposed to be working, I wasn't allowed to work because um, obviously working in, in finances is, can be very stressful Yeah. Um, if you allow it to be. And so I, I had plenty of time to sort of sit back and think, I like doing this, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't like about it and yeah. there's a lot of stuff that does stress me out. I love sitting down and talking to people and you know, tell me about your hopes and dreams and mm-hmm. you know, what you're going to do when you finally make your next billion dollars or whatever. Um, but then, you know, typing up notes and recording things and transcribing things and, and doing the charts and putting it all together, um, that's not my strong suit. Even, even making a website, like when I started my first business, 
Mm. I spent like a whole weekend reading a little book on HTML for dummies and typing <laughs> it up, and it looked shit. And it took me all weekend. <laughs> and it shit. Um, yeah. But I didn't have to pay someone to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, years later when it came to time to update the website, I'm like, I'm going to contact someone. And in my local town, it was like, oh, we're going to charge you $7,500. Oh, um, yeah. No. Crazy. So I contacted someone in the capital city and they said, oh, they'll, they'll do it for $5,000. Mm. Mm, okay, that's kind of better value, but still no. Mm. And then I contacted someone in the Philippines or in India and they said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it for like 400 bucks. Mm, yeah. And I was like, okay, here's, here's the design brief. And they did it way better than I ever could. They yeah. put streaming video in there. They brought in Twitter updates and things like oh, that yeah. that I didn't even think of that pushes you up higher in the Google rankings when you've got new content feeding in. So it was this whole dynamic, amazing website. And I said to the guy, look, I can't pay you 400 bucks for this. I'm sorry. Mm, but yeah. I have to pay you 500. Because it's <laughs> you know, I'm going out on a limb here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think you might need an awareness reality check? Hey, we all do at some point. That's why we created the quiz, The Arc. And we can take you through the foundations of being self-aware and other-aware. And this can be the deal-breaker in your life, leadership and business. So jump on. It's free. Do the quiz and see where your gaps might be. They could be the change you're looking for. So there's, there's someone out there who loves to do the things that I don't love to do. Yeah. And there's someone out there, as, as you say, taking the stress away and being able to, to take my kids every afternoon and pick them up from school and we go to the beach or we go to the swimming pool mm. and just play and, and let them see that that's what life's supposed to be like. Because even though I was in business, my parents were both employees. Mm. And as employees, the longer you work, the more money you make. Mm. You, know, you can't really leverage your income when you're an employee. Yeah, so my parents always work long hours, and you know, even though I was in business, the kids don't learn from what you tell them to do. You can say to your kids, "Don't freaking swear all the freaking time." <laughs> yeah. right? but your kids are going to do what you do. So I copied from my parents, and my dad was always working. He was, you know, practically a workaholic, you would say. But you know, fifteen, sixteen-hour days and away on the weekends and things like that. And my mum was always very, very busy. Um, and because they had six kids to feed, they didn't spend money on themselves. Yeah. So I modelled from my parents that, you know, I, I have to work all the hours under the sun. Mm. I have to work. It's the only way you can do it. Yeah, it? Start in the dark and finish in the dark and you know, come home for dinner. Especially if you respect dinner. your parents, you know, if, if you respect them and admire them, you're going to think that's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Did they yeah, find it challenging when you went to 24 hours? Did they go, how are you doing that? Um, I don't think I told anybody for a while. Mm, you know, yeah. I, I didn't really sort of let on because there's also an expectation from clients that you're always going to be there yeah. if they need you. Yeah. So I would, I would have someone answering the email and someone answering the phone. And when people wanted to get in contact with me on a Friday and I wasn't there or, you know, like 3.30 in the afternoon I wasn't there, I'd just say, oh, he's busy or he's in a meeting. Yeah. I was meeting my kids down at the beach. It's a meeting. Um, it's not a so lie. People still thought I was busy and they respected that and that was okay. So it was probably probably two or three years before I actually came out and told people I was only working 24 hours a week. So. But I think that that's exactly right is that, you know, you gave yourself from a personal perspective permission to mm. have as much value on those relationships as yeah. work, um, but you also valued your your customers enough to say, I'm always here mm. and I'll get the information. Mm. But there's very few things 
in life that are absolutely urgent, except yeah. the health of the, you know, the health and welfare of, of the people that we love. You know, they're the mm. things you drop everything for. But mm. there's very few things that are absolutely critical now. It's just everyone's in a rush to make it happen. Mm. And we, we all we all have yeah. ego and we all like to think we're really important. We all like yeah. to think we're the only person who can get this job done. Mm. But if you flip it around and look from your client's perspective, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're an acupuncturist or an accountant or a tyre mechanic or whatever you do, if you weren't there tomorrow, Mm, your clients would find someone else there's always someone else who can fill your spot but if you're not there tomorrow what's your family going to do yeah because your family's not going to be able to find someone else who'll just move into the house and start giving away all their money (laughs) i I really needed a near-death experience for me to sort of wake the hell up stop that why is it always we have to hit the wall in some way Mm -hmm. before we become aware that the way we're traveling is not living a life or you know, why is it, do you think, is, from your perspective, did it take that before you went, I don't want to be a model of what my parents did, although God bless them, I love them. Mm. Um, this isn't the life I'm leading. What is it about us business people that we just, we start off all the same, yeah, 100 miles per hour, forgetting friends, forgetting family. It's you probably know, just different for boys too, I think. I think like everybody who's in business, at one stage they may have worked for someone else. And you were doing the job and you suddenly thought to yourself, I can do this job better than my boss. I'm smarter, I'm cleverer, I'm faster. So we've got a bit of ego about us. And that's fine because if you didn't have the ego, you wouldn't go out and start your own show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But then we start to get caught up in our own ego and think we're the only one who can do it. And that often stops a lot of business owners don't delegate. They don't outsource. They don't do that stuff nearly as much as as they need to. Mm. And you know, a lot of people in business. You ask them, how how you been? Oh, busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Mm. You bring up Richard Branson and ask him how he's doing. No, he's, he's not going to say enough. busy, busy, busy. He's going to yeah. say, oh, I was in a hot air balloon with the supermodel yesterday, and I'm going over here to see my yeah, friends, exactly. hanging out on the island. I'm, like, I'm getting my turtles to grow on the island. Yeah, <laughs> that's an entrepreneur <laughs> rather than a business owner who's just in the busy, busy, yeah. busy. Mm. And I think for me, like that, the heart attack was actually my second health scare. Um, the first one. I actually got laryngitis um, and I continued to go to work because I talk for a living, right? Yeah. Um, I continued to go to work with laryngitis even though I lost my voice and I would whisper to clients and I'd be sitting on the phone and I'd whisper and I'd be sitting across from them whispering. And I didn't know because I'm not a speech pathologist, but whispering actually puts more strain on the vocal cords <laughs> than talking. I didn't know that. No. And so, of course, I'd, I'd run my system down because I was, you know, just busy, busy, busy and no time to go anywhere or do anything or look after myself and always picking up a burger on the way somewhere because yeah. there's not too many restaurants open at 4 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock no. at night when I was... Uncanny. Yes, very weird there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just picked up the, the junk food and my immune system had run down. I'd lost my voice. I got the flu. I had one good solid hard cough and I tore my vocal cords. Oh, and wow. vocal cords are made of cartilage. They're not like a muscle or skin that just sort of grows back within three days. So I had 89 days where I completely lost the power of speech. I couldn't whisper. I couldn't wow. do anything. That and is wild. That was kind of like I'm, I talk for a living. Yeah. So that was the one thing that the universe went, we're going to take away your ability to talk. Mm-hmm. And for the first few days I sort of sat at home and cried on the bed because I couldn't go to work. Um, didn't make a noise when I cried, incidentally. Um, but, 
quite After funny. that, I sort of went, okay, I've got to do something. And I started renovating my house. I started going to the gym. I started taking care of my body. And I had to write notes on paper to my kids. You know, my, my youngest one learned to lip read because she couldn't actually read writing. You know, she, she was tiny. Um, and so I didn't know how long that was going to last. But I had this, you know, this warning, I guess, to say, hey, you're working too much. You need to take care of yourself. But even at the same time, I was thinking, Maybe I could start a business where I just give advice by email. People email me and I email them back and I won't ever need to. Would that work? <laughs> and then yeah, you after, get paralysed hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many warnings? Exactly. But how many warnings do you need? I think for, for blokes usually don't go to the doctor unless they've got like blood coming out of them or, you know, like a, a frozen shoulder, broken back, that sort of stuff. But blokes are just pretty well all the same. They're either go or they stop. Yeah, 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 and and blokes tend not to go to the doctor. I didn't go to the doctor for five years. My Medicare card expired, and I hadn't even used it. Yeah, so and yet you're like, obviously running a hundred miles <laughs> per hour. Your body's going, hey, I can't keep this up. And yeah, you're going, yeah. yeah, just another day, just another right. day, just yeah. another moment, just another little bit. Yeah, just yeah. one more sale, just one more client. Just yeah. One more it's, it's a you hell of a what? story. So you're 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 flicking switch. What are you talking about? What If the listeners wanted to understand that in a, a moment, what would that be? Um, when, I, when I stopped financial planning, because um, like financial planning is mostly sort of left brain, analytical, mathematical yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and after I got sick, they actually did like a, a, a body scan, brain scan sort of thing. And it's like a heat map, like you've seen those, those heat yeah. maps. The left side of my brain was like red hot toaster. And the right side was just blue. There was nothing going on there. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, and the doctor said to me, hey, you need to balance out mm. your brain, you know. And I said, well, what do I do? He said, well, that's the creative side. That's where you sing and you paint and you draw and you dance. And it's like, that sounds like a bunch of girly stuff. I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's either do that or get brain damage or have another heart attack. So I, I stopped financial planning. I went and did a couple of retreats and I learned to meditate. And I got really hooked on that. And started to hang around with like the surfers who live down the road from me at the beach. The surfers never had any money, but they always looked so happy. And they? They were never stressed. Yeah. And they were always, they always like, look happy. <laughs> I wonder if I could learn to be like those guys. And surfing is a type of meditation because you're seeing yeah, one with nature, but you've still got to be alert to when the wave comes. You've got to be ready to jump into action. And if someone's meditating, they're not asleep, they're alert. And if a fire alarm goes off, they'll jump into action. Yeah. So I, I started to learn some of these skills and I got deeper and deeper into meditation. I eventually met someone who was a hypnotherapist. Do you think you might need an awareness reality check? Hey, we all do at some point. That's why we created the quiz, The Arc. And we can take you through the foundations of being self-aware and other-aware. And this can be the deal-breaker in your life, leadership and business. So jump on, it's free, do the quiz and see where your gaps might be. They could be the change you're looking for. And yeah, hypnotherapy can be used for, for good purposes or bad purposes. Um, you can get someone's you know, hidden memories and things like that. Or you can convince someone that they're a chicken. Yes. Um, so I, I'd seen that sort of stuff. I went, okay, someone could hypnotise me to think I'm a chicken or make me dance like Michael Jackson. What if someone could hypnotise me to think like Richard Branson mm. rather than thinking like someone who works 50, 60, 70 hours a week? Mm. 
yeah. uh, start doing things differently because I'm thinking differently. Mm. And, you know, people are addicted to smoking and they go to a hypnotherapist or they're addicted to eating food yeah. when they're stressed and they go to a hypnotherapist to lose weight. But what if we're addicted to, you know, not making enough money mm. or spending too much money? Or the adrenaline of stress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I had a look at my own clients and a lot of other statistics because I'd met a lot of people who'd won the lottery that came to me for advice Mm -hmm. or they'd received an unexpected inheritance. And no matter what advice I gave them to invest, they usually blew the money within two years. And there's Mm -hmm. a statistic out there that 95% of lottery winners are bankrupt within two years. And it's it's true Mm -hmm. because they didn't know how to manage a little bit Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they've got a lot Mm -hmm. and it just goes and they blow it. Mm -hmm. But... You get someone like, I, I won't mention his name, but there was a president who used to be a businessman. Um, <laughs> he'd been oh, bankrupt like five or six oh, times and always bounced back to be a multimillionaire again after yeah. bankruptcies. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, who's been bankrupt a couple of times, bounces back to be a millionaire. Yeah. I think, okay, so the people who are broke get a lot of money and then they go back to being broke. The guys who are millionaire lose all their money and they go back to being millionaire. So it's yeah. got to be the mindset. Yeah. And that's something I didn't really understand, but I thought if a hypnotherapist can make me think that I'm, you know, Michael Jackson or a chicken, mm. hypnotherapist can make me think that I'm Richard Branson or, you know, some other entrepreneur that I admire. If you're hypnotizing someone to do something that's in their own best interest, mm. like I might not cluck like a chicken, I might, you, know, might not, you won't be able to hypnotize me to take all my clothes off and roll around on the grass, you know, <laughs> something like something silly that might hurt me. Yeah. But if you're doing something that's in the person's best interest, mm they will usually align with it. And I actually went, like I had my diploma in financial planning. I went and studied and got a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy as oh, well. Wow. So I was balancing out you know, two yeah, degrees and yeah. two brains. Uh, and a lot of people had come to me and said, oh, I can't be hypnotised, I can't mm. be hypnotised. I'm like, cool, sit there in the corner. Mm. And within a few minutes, I'd hypnotise them. And sometimes, oftentimes, like the, mm. the female clients would come in and they'd bring a friend or they'd bring their partner or something. Yes. So, I'd say, okay, you don't think you can be hypnotised? Just sit there for five minutes. And, mm. and I'd turn around to the partner to say, hey, look, you know, you know Susan's hypnotised. And the partner would be like, willing. <laughs> so everybody can. Did your wife notice the change in you? Like, did, does she like Jeremy, you know, 2.0? Like, was she excited to see this man who's much more zen, much more relaxed and much more available? Um, yes, I think so. Um, simply because I was home a lot more. Yeah. Um, and able to to enjoy the experiences a lot more rather than, you know, before I was sort of basically, I was the guy who would disappear before sunrise and come home after dark, have dinner with the kids and then go into my office and do some more work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I even worked Saturday, so I was only around on Sundays. Um so I was, I was home a lot more, but also I, I was also the guy who used to go out and just, I make all the money and I give it to you and mm. you go and do your thing. Mm. And there was no time for me to have fun or like, what movie do I want to see? You know, the mm. kids go and see their Disney movies. She like rom-coms and, mm. you know, wherever we wanted to go on holidays, they'd choose because I was rarely there. And if I was there physically, I wasn't there mentally. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a big revelation for me mm. to sit back and go, oh, gee, I've got time to actually go and see a movie. What sort of movies do I like? I don't know. I haven't picked a movie since I was like 17 or 18. Yeah. You know, I haven't chosen an activity since I was a teenager. I mean, I had, I had kids very young. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had been a while for me to think about what do I like? What do I want to do? And, and being that guy that 
could actually do those things. It was a yeah, very, very much a change in relationship. So you very much, I suppose, with this, you know, these moments, choices come back into into your everyday, hasn't it? That those choices to, as you said, consciously decide who do I want to be and how do I get there. Mm. And retrain yourself to to value what's important. And I think uh, as business owners, that's what we don't do so often, isn't it? We just keep running with that wave and, you know, just see what happens at the other end. Mm. So, you know, but as Sarah said, if I was to ever give advice, I don't know about you, to sort of the the 2.0 version of me, a lot younger, um, starting out in business would be maybe just stop before you start and work out what you're doing it for in the first place. Yeah, that's that's good advice, actually. Stop before you start. And yeah. I, I would ask myself, you know, is there someone else who can do this better than me? Yeah. Is there someone else who can do this cheaper than me? Mm-hmm. And if there is, then I should be using them. Yeah. Um, even even one of my clients who I talked to, and he was like me, mm-hmm. he was working, you know, probably 70, 70 if not 80 hours a week. Um, and he, he'd been in, in his game for a long, long time, like 35 years. And he said, there's no one as good as me. I've taught a lot of blokes, but no one's as good as me. And I said, can you, can you find someone who's 70% as good as you? He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I said, okay, like right now you're working about 80 hours a week. Mm. And Dick, if you want to double your output, you've got to work 160 hours a week, which you can't do. It's impossible. Um, but if you want to double your output, the other way is to find three blokes who can do it 70% as good as you. Yeah. And there's a 210% uplift. Yes. And yeah, maybe he'll have to come along in the last bit and just do that final, final little tweak that, it, that needs to be done. But if they can do three quarters of the work that he can do, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's how you double your business, your leverage. I mean, how many people are working for, for the Virgin companies? I don't know thousands tens of thousands mm-hmm. um, have no idea mm. and Richie's sitting there on his on his tropical island with his hot air balloons and his solar mm. panels and having fun absolutely having fun. well he's now up in space having fun but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're really right and and that's again a message we're getting from the 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 people we're talking to is um the the drive to hold and control your business has mm. always been the stumbling block. Yes. Mm. And if anything, if that people we want to take away from these podcasts is to relax with that moment. Don't think that control is success. It's, mm. it's really more about that, you know, you have to have that balance. That equilibrium has to be found and it may take you a while. But, yeah, um, yeah we find it hard as business owners to let go. And I think you're a great example of being forced to let go about how much fun it was to actually embrace that in the end. I guess if, if you're a parent, you think about the business as your baby, like you created this. Yes. And in the first couple of years, you basically need to do everything. You need to do the invoicing. You need to do the stock control. You need to find the clients, that sort of stuff. But if the baby is now four, five, six years old and you're still doing everything, mm. then you have seriously screwed up as a parent. You know, yeah. you've got to let the baby walk and you've got to let someone else take the baby down to the park and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, after, after the business, I'd, I'd say probably, you know, even if it's two years old, um, you can have other people doing the things that you used to do and you could be stepping back and saying, what's the next stage? What's the next stage? Because you know after two, there's going to be six, they're going to be going out to school and they're going to be riding a bicycle and that sort of stuff. Mm. When you plan out 
you, know, you sort of have, have a helicopter approach and plan out where the business is going to be in five years rather than just being caught up in the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And it, I think it's useful to think of your, your business as a baby, but yep. one day it's going to be a toddler, one day it's going to be a teenager, and one day it's going to leave home. And you may want to sell that business or let go of that business. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I sold my business as a going concern to someone else because I had all the systems and the process and the staff in there so I could. I could step away from it. Someone else could step in there. But if I'm the one who's working the business all the time, who's going to want to buy a business where you need to work 80 hours a week? Mm-hmm. Not nobody. That's <laughs> and it's not going to be on the sell list, is That's it? Correct. Or That's- you could just semi-retire and say, I'm going to step back from that business I've been running for five years, let the staff run it, and then I'm yeah. going to do something else. I can go fishing or I can yes, start another are. business. Mm-hmm. Do you think you might need an awareness reality check? Hey, we all do at some point. That's why we created the quiz, The Arc, and we can take you through the foundations of being self-aware and other-aware, and this can be the deal-breaker in your life, leadership and business. So jump on, it's free, do the quiz, and see where your gaps might be. They could be the change you're looking for. Yeah, and we, that's where, yeah, yeah, very much. Three or four we, years yeah. ago, uh, we both, it's separately, but decided, like, I now only do two days actually here in my clinic. Yeah. Um, mm. And I let the team here do the rest and my yep. staff run mm. it. And, and, and for about two to three years, I've been playing with the what next and yeah. some mm. things have failed or some things have gone, no, I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we've stumbled into this and this feels right now. It feels like... Mm you know, this is where we should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a funny journey life, isn't it, really? Yeah. And in five years' time, someone else will be doing this and you'll be doing something. I will be joining Richard yet. Branson hopefully on an island. That's <laughs> correct. She'll be in the hot air balloon. I'll be <laughs> talking. <laughs> Keeping it afloat. You know what? I think you're 100% correct. Mm. It's how we ended up here was, mm. you know, we spend less time in our businesses now doing the business and more about mm. being on boards, giving back to, to the community and, and being where we have the impact mm. as opposed to just being present because it, it's our business. Mm. And I mm. think that's, you know, a really strong shift and it probably leads um, into, you know, our awareness reality check that we got you to, to do with us is that, and Sarah touched on it before, mm. you came out as the, you know, the control, which is very much you've got that internal and external awareness. But I think, and we are actually talking about it before, mm. you know, control is just a, a different level and a movement towards what's my next look mm. like. You know, I know. Not, not a control like. freak. No, no, that's correct. It, it, it means you've been able to master the control of learning um, who am I and digging a bit deeper, but also understanding how people perceive me. So really, instead of thinking, I think people think this is me, you're really aware of how you're impacting others yes. and mm-hmm. how what you do and say creates change, uh, good or bad, with others. And so the control is about mastering that ability to sit within yourself and mm. to objectively look at other people and mm. see what they see back and see that reflection and it being true, not, not yeah. what we think people think about us, but, <laughs> but it's actually true, warts and all, and being yeah. able to sit in that and know, you know, maybe they're right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Stopping thinking is, is the, the amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, we- uh, like when I, after I sold my business and I, I started business coaching and I got to interview lots of other business owners, 
for, for a radio show in, in New York. And like I, I just sort of discovered meditation. You know, I was very new to it. I was like really excited about it, getting out of your own head and stopping thinking. And, and as you say, you know, being that awareness rather than the ego and judging. And so I got to talk to these millionaires and billionaires and you know, people who bounced back from cancer or bankruptcy or something like that, some inspiring people. And I got to ask them whatever I liked. So I asked every single one, like 400 people, I asked every single one, what type of meditation do you do? Just assuming that they would. And guess what? Hugh Jackman is a meditator. Oprah Winfrey is a meditator. Tony Robbins is a meditator. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a meditator. Like all these guys, they don't talk about it much. Yeah. But they all do it. And I, I found every single one. There wasn't one person that went, no, I don't meditate. They mm. all did it. It's just a lot of them didn't talk about it because, you know, Arnie would, he doesn't want to be seen as, as woo woo, you know, so yeah. he doesn't talk yeah, about yeah. meditation like Oprah and Deepak Chopra. Well, you too. Uh, the the, the woo woo world has sort of taken it and twisted it into something other than what it is, which is a mm. centering of peace and a clarity yeah. of mind. It's just, you know, it's, I call it like, you know, the filing cabinet. You're just mm. shuffling through in whatever form of meditation you use, but you're yes. shuffling through, throwing out the stuff you don't need and finding the quiet centre to just mm. reflect and re-energise, you know, yeah. just to be rather than to have to be. It's a, That's right. Yeah. I used to do it a lot so when I was different young. different types as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can't do the Zen thing anymore. I did yeah. when I was a child. I can't do that. But I will. Um, I bought a day bed after I'd been away Um down at Portsea, <laughs> so and now I, I finish work and I just go and lie on that day bed and I yeah. can sit there for hours and not even know what I'm thinking. It's just this mm. weird mm. place where I am just completely not thinking and it's wonderful. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. as you said, I think that's the, the biggest part of truly having that sense of control is about making yourself stop and stop thinking. Because like you said, you know, all the coffee you used to drink to keep you going during the day and the alcohol you drink at night to make you go to sleep or the tablets that people take to mm. get you up and then make you go to sleep at night. But sometimes we actually just need to stop processing mm. in our mind and give it time and space to just mm. take a breath. Yeah, I suppose a lot of people would say my mind's empty a lot. <laughs> some days. Some days. It's a little too empty. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Jeremy, it's been an absolute been pleasure meeting you. you. And yeah. thank you for your openness and honesty. Yours is a story, not, not so much of growth of success, although it ended up being really successful for you, mm. but a growth of being a man who was loved and had a family and had forgotten, you know, things like to even, as you said, know how to choose a movie. Yeah. yeah. And I really hope anyone listening to this take some time at the end and we do a little reflection piece at the end of our podcast yeah. and I hope they take the time to think and where am I on the Jeremy am I Jeremy 1.0 or I'm Jeremy 2.0 you know where is my yeah. stop button and and can I put it on or am I going to be forced to yeah. we'll call you how to choose a movie <laughs> <laughs> how to choose your life how to, yeah. you got to get into the inner child and say, you know, there's a five-year-old kid inside every one of us oh, struggling yeah. to, to be heard and, you know, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy and one day I'll have a holiday or one day I'll, I'll take a break or one day I'll travel somewhere. Mm. But the little kid's like, I just want to go and play for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. That's all it does. And the funny thing is why do we abandon the child to be the adult? 
Yeah. You know, mm. we, we can bring them along. Of course, they can't hold space all the time, but they can certainly make things. I mean, our child, one reason Nikki and I met and get on so well is our children don't stop playing, you know, particularly mm. off camera. But it's joyful. Mm. So much. And, and that's worth everything. Mm. Business should be fun. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy. We would love to um, keep in contact and see what you're doing and hear your Absolutely. stories as they keep, I'm sure they will keep going. Um, but it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you Thank so you. much. It happens so often, doesn't it, that um, it takes some physical trigger for us to realise mentally we are not travelling in the direction we wanted. And Jeremy's experience really shows us how many warning shots do we have to get before we stop and think about where we're going and what our life is really about. Things like delegating the stuff that we can delegate in, letting go of our egos and control and investing in self-care. Pretty big messages that Jeremy shared with us. The question is, um, in what way are you going to make changes now so that you don't wait for that big moment where life says enough is enough? If you would like to flick your rich switch with Jeremy, the CFO of Boston Trading Co., the Financial Services Institute of Australasia. You can contact him at jeremy at bostontrading.co. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to the Aware Podcast and we really hope you enjoyed our guest's insight and the little quiz at the end just for a bit of fun. Music for the Aware Podcast is by Tape Machine featuring LFA. The song title is This Is Who I Am. If you would like to be a guest, 
or contact us regarding the AWARE platform, please email awarearcgroup at gmail.com. That's awarearcgroup at gmail.com. We are Nikki Mackey and Sarah Godfrey. See you next time.